Hey, Crypto Pals, this is your Silo Sensei, Gencon, and welcome to the whirlwind of whimsy that is BPX Breakroom, brought to you by the cool cats at Radish Digital. We're here to make you laugh, learn, and maybe snort your coffee. Our mission is to help peel back the layers of BPX from the inner workings to the downright delightful. We're cracking open the vaults of Barefoot Republic, home team heroes, miners, wonders, and the oh-so-mischievous Raz. Each month, we dive deep into one silo, and every week, we're stirring up the pot with interviews, jokes, and the occasional conspiracy theory. X-Spaces is our turf, and you're all on the guest list. BPX Breakroom isn't just for the crypto connoisseurs, it's where the curious minds mingle. Whether you're a seasoned BPX guru or just testing the crypto waters, this silo soiree is for you. Bring your questions, bring your pals, and let's turn this BPX break room into a block party. Welcome back, everyone. This is Slappy White in the Radish Digital Studios in Charlottesville, Virginia, and this is BPX Break Room, hosted by Gen Con. Her guest today, Kisher, to talk about Wonders of the First, or Wonders as we affectionately call them. And while we let folks file into the space, a couple bookkeeping notes for Radish. HTH Fantasy Basketball is back for all, including the free tourney. So make sure you get your fantasy entry and just head over to radishdigital.com. All right. And then the final thing to mention is next week, we're going to close out our Wonders Month in BPX Breakroom by hosting a Wonders competition. And I'll let Jen speak to that if she wants. Jen, I know you and I were talking about that earlier, so I'll let you um, see if you what you want to say about that. And then let's see, one wonder show we still haven't uh, pinned down. It's not going to fit into the wonders month of February, but I've been reaching out to some attorneys and I'm looking for one being married to an attorney. It's not in Chicago. I'm sure I can tell everyone this. Not every attorney is versed in IP. If you're a divorce lawyer, you're a divorce lawyer. If you're real estate, you're real estate. So you don't want to ask a real estate attorney about IP. Not that they want to have a basic understanding, but... I'm excited to get a real IP lawyer on. I know this is going to be exciting stuff for most people, but really take a look at the uh, agreement we have with block packs and talk about any limitations and all the possibilities, right? And that's the thing is block packs and wonders is counting on us to help build this ecosystem. So it's, I'm curious to hear, are there, what are the limitations and what we can do? So we'll let you know as soon as that comes up. All right, enough talk about legalese. Now, without further ado, let's get to this week's guest Kisher and the host Gen Con. Jen, have a great show. Thanks, Lappy. All right. Hello, BPX Breakroom Adventurers. Welcome back to the wonder-filled world of wonders of the first. I am your silo sensei, Gen Con, and today we're in for a treat as we unravel the enchanted tales and hidden secrets behind your favorite characters. Joining us is the master storyteller and lore wizard, Kisher. Get ready to embark on a journey through the narratives that breathe life into our beloved characters. And guess what? We might just stumble upon a few clandestine secrets that have been tucked away in the storybook of Wonders of the First. So grab your imagination hats because this episode is not just a lore dive. It's a treasure hunt for the hidden gems in our fantastical universe. Who knows what enchanting tales and surprises await. So let's dive in and let the lore exploration begin. Welcome, Kisher. Hi. Ah, great applause. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, thank you so much for joining us. And as you know, I normally start off 
the break rooms here with an icebreaker question. So my question for you is, is there or what phrase or cliche do you most live by? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, what phrase or cliche do I most live by? Um, you know what? It's an it's a recent one, but it's the first one that came to my mind. And so um, I'm going to go with it. And that is be unapologetic about the things that inspire you. Oh, I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, you know, with Wonders coming out and uh, our deep dive into all things geek culture, nerd culture, collectible card games and all these kinds of things. It's really been um, letting my inner child back out and and just being unapologetic that, yes, I am a nerd at heart. I wear it on my sleeve and look at all the amazing things we get to create because of it. Oh, I love it. I love it. I'll have to re- I'll have to remember that one. I don't think I've heard that one. Um in that way before. So that's very cool. Um, mine is mine came from my mother um, in a, a little plaque sheet, or I think it was a card. I don't know if it was for something she gave me one point. It says, uh, when you feel overwhelmed, remember whose daughter you are and straighten your crown. <laughs> I love it. So. <laughs> are you so wearing the crown now? I imagine I, <laughs> you are. <laughs> my invisible crown. It stays with me all the time. I um, love it. So let's dive right into here. So I'm going to start by reading something that was posted in the Wonders Discord on the 7th of February, and then we'll kind of kick off the conversation from there. But I do want to remind everyone in the audience, um, please, if you have a question, come on stage with us or pop it into the chat. Um, You know, we want you guys to be involved in this as well. So the the post was... um, We will be releasing a world Bible for the basic foundations of the lore for the entire wonders of the first universe very soon. This will give the overarching information and set guidelines for you to operate under. For instance, what is formless energy? Where did it come from? And how do different characters feel it and use it in the world? We will also have some guidelines on how to get your story canonized and just fan fiction. We will also have some areas of wonders off limits for general canon, i.e. you cannot include first forms, formless stones, or orbital level events in your stories right now. We can have we can't have everyone writing universe altering stories or else we'd break the universe pretty quick. I don't know if you have any basic comments or want to kind of kick off how the the lore and canon of Wonders of the First came to be, is going? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I'll give a, an overview and maybe it'll spark some more questions or maybe some people in the audience might have some questions. But to uh, address the first part of it is that uh, we will be dropping a uh, PDF uh, later today, I believe, uh, with that lore overview and guideline. Uh, and this is specifically for those of you who are writing your stories. This will give you some direction um, and some over overview of uh, some of those things that I spoke about. So the theme, the purpose, uh, and then what some of those main uh, concepts are. And uh, the reason it hasn't come out earlier than this is because, as uh, as you know, when we start getting ready to 
go and publish something, we'd take a look at it, and the creative team had some conversations that we needed to have. So we wanted to just make sure that everything was buttoned up and super tight before we published it. Um, but you will get the uh, first, um, we'll call it guideline overview of the lore uh, later today. So um, that will be followed up with the full world Bible, which is um, essentially a mini novel. It's like 30 something pages. So that is uh, got a little bit more proofing to do, but expect that to follow. Jen, are you there? Crap, sorry, I was on mute. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so my question on the what you cannot include or whatever. So when you guys come out with the with the World Bible and and how the everything started, um, I'm assuming when you say we can't use certain first forms, formless stones, etc., that means to alter the story that you already have. But can we piggyback on that? story and find our characters in what you guys have already created and go from there yeah yeah exactly um you know we're going to have something called like a, a an extended canon and it's more so allowed for like slight expansion of those creative boundaries those stories obviously must remain in harmony with like that core canon but they'll enrich the universe without altering its fundamental nature and basically what just that means is yes you can piggyback off of some of those main concepts but you know how people like to do they want to be the hero of their own story and those heroes want to be the most powerful things ever and everybody can't have the most powerful character or our stone seeker or form weaver uh in the entire world um and if everybody goes around trying to become king or destroying the most powerful first form or, you know, capturing all the stones right away, that's not going to do so well for the rest of the, the universe canon. So we have some guidelines in place uh, specifically for that reason, but there'll be plenty, plenty of design space and room for you guys to create amazing stories. Okay, great. And then for the, so for, I'm going to call them origin stories, I guess, but was there one certain inspiration or train of thought or somewhere you guys were going when you first came up with the the key characters and the the orbitals and everything like that? Like what sparked their original creation? Well, the great forming sparked their creation. <laughs> In our lore, <laughs> at least. Um, you know, it was, uh, gosh, that was a, a long time ago. I know that really, a lot of that really came from some of the original concepting, brainstorming, uh, creative ideation that Frenchie and I had um, way back when, um, you know, the uh, merge was happening and what we wanted to do with the tokens. And um, to be honest with you, I don't know. I can't really remember all of the creative process that went into it. I do remember the outcome, though, which was I sent Jeff a message at like four o'clock in the morning. And I said, Jeff, I don't know if it's just me being uh, completely sleep deprived or if this story actually really kicks some ass. And um, as it turns out, it really kicks some ass. And, you know, it's been a lot of updating and fine tuning. And obviously, Ramel has been a great um, treasure in the fact that he's a master storyteller. And so he's really woven together what we've created originally into where it is today. Okay, great. And then I'd just like to remind everyone um, that you can subscribe to this podcast. And then also, if any of you guys have questions, please come up on stage and ask. 
don't be shy. Um, so back to the character development, um, Kisher, how do you go about doing that? Like, did, did the art come first? Did the kind of the characters come first? And how do you figure out like what kind of traits and backstories these characters and lands and items and spells and everything have? What's the process? Yeah, so that's a great question. I think um, a while back, Frenchie shared a, a screenshot of um, a giant world map. Um, it was done pretty. It was done in a program called Miro. It's a great little whiteboarding app. But essentially, the you know we I built. I sat there and I said, okay, well, how do we? How do I visualize this world? Like, how how am I gonna you know synthesize ten thousand tokens and then balance that out? And so basically, what we did is starting obviously with the first, and then kind of moving concentrically outward in circles. Um, you know, coming up with the orbitals, and then knowing that we're gonna want some legendary characters, and then primary. And so the hierarchy was kind of formed naturally, just based on like. Um, you know, what are the key elements that we actually need to design around? But then how the characters kind of came about was once we knew we had the legendary uh, wonders and the primary wonders and the creatures, we, I knew we had to break those down into different what we now call lineages, traits, factions and those types of things. So it was really about, you know, laying out all the all the things that we needed and then going in and saying, OK, well, what would you know, what would be a bunch of. Uh, what would be a bunch of characters that Petraea would would inhabit, and how would that be different than, you know, what Lord of the Rings or Magic: The Gathering does? And so that was really the space where we came up with, you know, our primates and our elves and our druids and our uh, our healers and magicians, and then kind of just going through and doing that for each realm. So that's where it started was going from casting a very large net, and then slowly and slowly. Uh, kind of whittling it down into smaller subsets and smaller subsets, and then um, allowing, uh, you know, allowing the artists to really have some freedom in um, interpreting what those would be for themselves. Okay, I, I have a follow-on question to that, but wanted to get, uh, Rommel posted a, a question in the thread here. He said, what if I want to write a story about the character that becomes the leader of a faction? Well, I think that'd be great. I mean, if you wanted to be, if you have and you own that character proof, write that story. You know, if you're a leader of a faction, um, you know, as long as you're not having a faction that, you know, fundamentally changes that entire orbital, uh, you have a lot of freedom in terms of, you know, who is that leader? What are the ethos of that faction? And, um, you know, what are the goals and objectives? And, um, work with the people who own those other character proofs from that factions to weave together those stories and uh, and really collaborate collaboratively build out you know uh, whether it's the luminal light gang or the crimson heart cult crusaders I don't remember what the factions those are just made up but you get what I'm saying yes got it sloppy you have your hand up you have a question yeah just to follow up that's a great question by Rommel and I guess Kisher, so how will it work with the lures that you said get with the other members of the uh, the faction and try to work with them? So let's say two people want to create lore where their character proof is the leader of the faction. Would it be the first one who interacts with the the official lore and it kind of puts it into the canon? Is that how it would work? Or well, 
there's a there in the character proof traits and description itself it will say this is the leader of or it will have a trait that says i think for instance emma shockbite um it specifically says that she is the leader of the shockbite mercenaries um and so uh that will be built in for you um and yeah Thanks for clearing that up. Actually, I sadly, I think I have no leaders because you don't know what you don't have. So thank you, Kisha, for letting me know. You don't have any leaders yet. You don't have any leaders yet. I believe that you will very soon. At least that's my hope. Oh. Hmm. Hmm. Um, hmm. Um, so again, please, guys, don't be shy. Uh, if you have a question, either pop it in the thread or... Uh, or raise your hand, come on stage and, and chat with us. Um, Kisha doesn't bite. Um, Actually, I do. <laughs> but come on stage anyway. <laughs> He's virtual. It won't hurt. Um, all right. So, so far, um, if you can let us in on uh, potentially what your favorite lore moment is today or a character that has a special place in your creative heart? Ooh, well, um, I've mentioned it before, um, but one of my, you know, I, I love, again, when we were building the, uh, when we were building the uh, art, I think just the Blazing Phoenix pub really stood out as just an exceptional, um, an exceptional uh, story creator. I just, I, every time I think about it, I just think, man, that's got grit. It's got personality and character. And, you know, I can just, I can, I can look at it and feel what it feels like to be inside there and, and have a drink, uh, and be, um, you know, interacting with the inhabitants of that. Um, and then just from, uh, uh, zooming out a little bit, you know, we have a bit of an inside joke here with the design team. And, um, so I'd have to say probably some of my favorite moments, uh, has been around Zip Zip Nug Nug, who's a legendary, um, and uh, you know one of the design team writer uh, has has uh, he was the creator of that piece of art. Um, and there's a little story about how it used to be one thing, and we kind of um, modified it to be something a little different. And uh, you know he at first was a little frustrated with us, but now it's kind of become an inside joke that uh, Zip Zip Nug Nug is just the most uh, badass. Yeah, dude, and um, his name might not imply so, but we love him. I'll have to look that one up. There's still, I just, I find it absolutely amazing and uh, wonderful with the wonders of the first. I, I go through even my own collection and I scroll through and every time I look through it, no matter how many times I do, I find something new. I'm like, oh, that one's really cool or, oh, I didn't notice that before or that. So I'm mesmerized and hooked. And the fact that I am not creative at all um, astounds me how you guys can not only develop the art, um, but then also translate that and come up with the stories and the history and the lore and everything about these, these characters and places and lands. So... Um, my question is, when you create the lore and the stories, given the fact that this is translating into a game, um, I'm assuming both of those aspects come into, into play, or is there, or is the story behind 
the characters and the traits and everything else kind of separate from the gaming aspect? No, you are um, spot on with the former, which is that they inform each other. And that's actually been a big part of what we've been trying to uh, make sure integrates very nicely and aligns very nicely because, you know, there are some things that we have to have in terms of gameplay and mechanics. Uh, and then some of those things don't always translate you know, perfectly into lore. So a lot of the conversations more recently have been, okay, we want the game to be as best as it can. If no one plays the game, no one will really care about the story. So how does the game be as best as it can? And how do all the terms and all the characters and all the uh, abilities and places like, um, you know, uh the uh the void for instance and the different orbitals and how does that all work and make sense and also make sense for a new game player who's coming into the game for the first time and so um i mean that's a long answer the short answer is is that um the game is informing the story uh at this point and everything that we do with the story um is re uh re-engaging back in with the game Okay, I just I just find that interesting. So, and let me ask you this: so, there were how many artists were involved in the creating of the Wonders of the First? There's Ooh, lots of artists on the core design team. We have one, two, three, four, five of us, <laughs> plus a couple, plus a couple others who, um, you know, who who lent some of their creative talents, um, but were on kind of a a shorter term time length. So, you know, in total, there's probably I think six or seven total artists on all the character proofs give or take yeah uh, but there you know we have we have we're using creatives from all different places and stuff to help us build everything um just not okay. everything yeah, that, yeah. That's what if that answers your question so, well yeah i was gonna ask so you had the we had the five artists and those are the ones that are in the um the metadata of the actual wonders them first that are on os um but then you also have you know the game developers and the and the canon lore developers. So I was wondering how many people intersect there or if they're completely different groups. Um, so a lot of that is the same team. Um, a lot of that is uh, we, you know, the, the, the team that helped create the character proofs, they knew this world inside and out. Um, they were working on this thing for, you know, months and months and months, if not year or more um, building those character proofs. Um, and they just, they had the world locked down. They knew what the characters were. And so it only made sense to carry that team on through the lore and the design and the gameplay. So a lot of the team that did the character proofs are still with us working on the lore, the design, the marketing, and everything else that we're doing currently. Um, like I said, there are a couple of the character proof artists that are um, that we didn't move forward with. Um, not that they didn't create amazing art. It's just they were on a short-term contract, but a majority of the core team is still here. And we're actually all together in South Carolina this week, uh, working to get you guys everything that we've promised. Awesome, which kind of leads me to um, the event that you guys are having at the card shop. Um, is that in, I'm reading two things, that's in South Carolina, right? Yes, that'll be here in Columbia. And for those of you who are nearby, please come and join us this Sunday, 1 p.m. at Firefly Toys and Games in Columbia, South Carolina. We will have some of the starter decks, 
uh, and we'll be playing. Uh, you know, the design team will be here. You can play against Ramel and kick his butt, or Brian Tinsman, legendary. That's, I mean, that's some real uh, take home. Um, that's some real take home uh, bragging rights if you beat Brian Tinsman at his own game. Um, but it'll be fun. There'll be food, prizes, gift cards for everybody who comes down and plays, and um, it's going to be a good time. Okay, so a couple questions on the event itself we had come up. Um, one was, uh, is there any way for people to participate without physically being there? It's a good question. We haven't spoken to that. My assumption would be uh, probably not. Um, as it, we're going to be at Firefly, I don't know if we'll have computers or not. I'm going to say no at this time unless we get together um, later today or tomorrow and figure something out for those who are you know, not in the area. But at this time, there isn't a plan for anyone who is not able to attend physically. Okay. Um, so that's actually to p participate in the game. Is there any, are you guys going to be like filming it or streaming it for anyone that wants to maybe we won't be see what's up? It's a good idea to stream it. We hadn't thought about that. Um, we'll see if we have the capabilities to stream it. We'll for sure be filming it in any capacity. So we're going to have some cameras there and we'll make sure that we do a recap um, so that you can all see if you're not there what it was like. But um, uh, streaming is a great idea. We'll see what we can do in that capacity. Cool. That would be neat to kind of check in and see what's going on. Um, and then another question around that. I know there was some back and forth in Discord about the actual art that's going to be used on the cards. So the cards will actually have art on it. They're not going to be the blank cards that we've seen up to date, but they're not in any way, shape, or form should be linked to what may or may not be in the final set, correct? Yeah, that's correct. So we're going to have art on it, and that's obviously because we want to play test what the full card design looks like when we're actually in gameplay. But again, um, none of the art is going to be the, you know, I shouldn't say none of the art, but the art's not going to be the final art proofs. You know, things are always subject to change. So um, they're, what you see on the cards this Sunday um, may or may not end up in the final set. Nothing is 100% at this point. Okay, perfect. I think I hit most of the questions we had pop up. Um, again, anyone else who has a question um, or comment or wants to um, talk to Kisher, please come on stage. Raise your hand. Yes, Slappy. <laughs> Sorry. If no one else will come on stage, I'll, I'll take that opportunity with Kisher. Uh, Kisher, if, if any of us in our jobs, like imagine you're a brain surgeon and you're like, you know what you're going to do with the surgery, right? And then all of a sudden you get the patient and the family being like, well, I think you should do it this way and I think you should do it that way, right? That would be a nightmare for the brain surgeon. So while you're designing this game, is that, of course, Block Packs, Wonders of the First, Frenchie, you, the team, is very, it's very inclusive and engaging. So you must want to pull your hair out sometimes for making those possibilities, right? It's, it's part of what makes the community great, but it also makes it more difficult. Is there are there two different groups within the design team, some who love it and some who hate it, or is it just everybody? I don't want to say you guys hate it because I know Kisher, you're on here, you do all these spaces, you're very supportive of the community. So I don't want it to come out the wrong way. But are there some people who are like, this is the best thing to drive this project, and are there some people who are like, I see the benefits, but it is kind of a pain. Is there that kind of friction inside? I wouldn't call it friction. You know, with any creative process, there's always um, there's always ideas coming from all over the place. And, you know, 
I really love what Marvel Studios used to do back when their movies were really great. <laughs> we'll call them in the 2010s. But they had this ethos of the best idea wins. And it could have come from, um, you know, a person rigging lights up on the soundstage. And they might have an idea. And it might not be the director's idea, but the best idea wins. And what I love about the team that we've put together here is that, um, yeah, we can get frustrated when we have an idea come in that kind of throws a, a curveball into what we're trying to do. And the best idea wins. I've always said that as long as it serves the creative, then we should move it forward. As long as it moves the creative forward, we should we should try and integrate it. So, um, you know, the, luckily the team here is extremely creative. There hasn't been something that has come along that we've been like, well, we just can't figure out how to do it. So let's just not use it. Um, and with that said, uh, you know, I can speak from personal experience that, you know, when you're so far along down the line with one idea and another idea comes in that is better, and you got to rework and go back and redo a whole lot of things that you've already spent a lot of hours on. Yeah, that's when the that's when all the fun becomes more like work. Um, and you got to make sure things are consistent. And uh, when things are constantly changing, it can be difficult to maintain consistency. And um, you know that's just some personal uh, frustrations in terms of you know with any creative project that happens. But um, overall, I'll say that. Every great idea that we've put in here has only made the project better. And so at the end of the day, that's the goal. And I'm absolutely like stoked that that's where we're at. Kishore, have you, and Jen, just one quick follow-up. Have you gone down the path of developing a character proof? And because of the way the story developed, that person had to be, that character proof had to be pulled out of the story and saved for a, a, a new season so that you put all that work into it. Not so much that it changed, that it just is no longer part of the story. Has that happened to you personally? I don't think that's happened yet. I will say that, um, you know, we had some ideas for the first forms and things like that, that we were trying to save and and those types of things, but um, I don't think we ended up moving forward with that. Um, so um, beyond that, I don't, I'm looking at Ramel here. He's like looking at me, shaking his head. I was like, I don't think we've had to deal with any of that yet. Very cool. Yeah, and to, to piggyback off of you know Slappy and and your conversation there, I had recently I forget where it was. I saw an interview with uh, Matt Damon, and they were asking him about some of the ways that they came up with their creations in the movies and everything like that. And he had said something similar to the effect of you have to have, you know, a safe space to bring your ideas out and that there are, there's no such thing as a, a bad idea because you can piggyback off of that idea, change it, change it again, change it again. And then all of a sudden you have something that you never would have thought of to begin with. So I kind of think about that as, the interaction between our community and you guys, whether it's from, you know, the creation of the characters to the lore, to the game, to the, I think everyone, I think guys have done a tremendous job listening to our ideas and what we, what we're asking, what we're um, requesting and trying to make everything as best as possible. So I think you guys are doing amazing. Well, thank you. I know the team loves to always get flowers like that. And, you know, they work their butts off to um, to really make sure that, again, what we put out is 
and it's not only just to make you all happy and you know put the best project out and you know uh, you know make the best card game and, and story and all that we can all of us are here making stuff that we want to see out in the world as well it's the reason why we're so passionate about it i don't think anybody would be here if they said well this is a cool thing that i'm doing and when i'm done with it on to the next project it's like no we plan to be here and be building this thing for years and this is like we're here doing it because I want to see a game like this out in the world. Ramel wants to see a lore and canon that's like this that's out in the world. Brian wants to have a game like this. So, you know, it's 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 something that we want to be playing ourselves. So um, we want to make it great, not only for you, but also for us. Awesome. And so I, I have a question. Um, I'm not afraid to ask dumb questions um, because I don't know. I was trying to research... What can you explain the difference between canon and lore, or are they the same thing? Uh, they are well, lore is kind of an overarching thing, right? Um, but there is a difference between canon and fan fiction, and so uh, we're going to have a process, um, for when you write your lore. Um, it can be canonized lore or it can be fan fiction lore. Um, and so canonized lore will be everything. If you, if your character proofs lore, um, and the story you write follows all the rules of our universe and guidelines, and, uh, we read it and we're like, yes, that's canonized, right? As long as it's not doing something that it shouldn't within the framework of what we, uh, what we publish. Now, if you go out and write a story, say about your faction leader and they become you know they find a, a formless stone and then become the most powerful faction in all of sofera overnight and that's the story that you guys uh, decide to submit we're going to look at it and say well, yeah you know what it's a great story um but we can't canonize it because it breaks some things in our lore so uh we'll say that that's a fan fiction and so it's still allowed to exist you still can write it but we're not going to canonize it into the official lore Ah, okay. Now I got it. Thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so speaking about the community, um, we all know how creative um, and energetic a lot of our our fellow community members can be. So up to this point, have you come across any particularly interesting or wild fan theories about the lore or something, a story that someone has developed or a way that um, a member has grouped certain wonders together that kind of, you know, piqued your interest or made you think twice about something or question anything? You know, there hasn't been too much of that yet. What I'm loving seeing is the, um, you know, people posting in, in Discord or on Twitter, the different character proofs that they're collecting um, that they want to tell stories about. And I love seeing, you know, I, I in my head, I'm like, yeah, those three would be great. Or, you know, those eight Sylphera character proofs would be awesome together. Um, but there hasn't been a story or a lore piece that I've read or has been presented where, um, you know, has really made us second guess or rethink something um, yet. Um, I'm hoping we see stuff that challenges us that, you know, really makes some really cool points or makes us think hard about some things. But, um, you know, come on, community, bring it, send it over. We're waiting. <laughs> okay, so piggybacking on that, um, can you, I don't know if you can or not or how much you guys have thought through and have the whole process down, but if we wanted to walk through a specific scenario with a, a character um, say I have a, a dragon. I do have a dragon. 
but um, that we want to write some lore for him. Do you know the timeline of when we'd be able to submit a scenario or how we would go about doing that? Is it a, a website? Are we going to email it? Or do we have any specifics on that? It's okay if you don't. I just... Uh, I don't know that we have specifics on when the official guidelines will be dropped for that, but I will say that, you know, we're always in the discord and Ramel is an open book, uh, no pun intended, but um, if you have questions about, you know, should this or can this or what happens if I did this, you know, uh, shoot us a, a question um, and we'll be happy to answer it for you in respect to um, how it interacts with the rest of the universe. And hopefully we'll get that process here sooner rather than later. We just got a ton of stuff that we're working on. So, you know, things are getting, you know, a lot of plates in the air right now. A lot of balls in the air, a lot of plates spinning, something like that. A lot of planets spinning. Yeah, a lot of orbitals orbiting. <laughs> um, yes, Slappy. I'm not going to let him off the hook. I, 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 <laughs> I'm a big fan of, of, and I see Jeff's in the audience. I, I don't like hearing exact dates. I don't try to pressure the team to do that. But Kisher, you got to give us, I, maybe not a quarter, because let's see, we have, let's see, we have another 40 days left in Q1, but maybe a month when, when we're going to finally have the, the guidelines on how to submit lore, um, when we can start doing it, what the mechanism is. Is that a, a March thing, or an April thing, a May thing, or maybe you should stick with Q? Is that going to be Q1 by April 1st, or is that going to be Q2? I don't think I'll be in too much trouble if I just hang up right now and not answer this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, listen, it's the so I, I'm being informed now that the process is uh, in the Larger World Bible. So when the Larger World Bible drops, you'll have it. And um, we wanted to get that out, um, you know, I think we want the the goal was to have that out soon, soon, soon. But let's just say March, beginning of March. You'll you'll by then you'll have uh, a larger world Bible. The beginning. We're happy if you just say March. March. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I know, I know that I'm setting myself and the team up for whatever. But I Frenchie's been pushing us to get it out. We know we need a process. We know people are writing right now, and that you guys are itching to to get your your stories canonized or even just fan fictionalized. So um, it is a priority for us to get that out to you. And, and we want you guys to have it. So um, it is, it's up there on the list for us. Thanks, Jen. Thanks. Kitchen. No problem. Um, all right. So I think the, uh, again, if anyone has any other questions, please pop in, uh, get on stage or type it in the, the comments here. We'll, we'll get to it. Um, the last question I had for you, Kisher, um, is uh, I'm going to put you on the on the spot again as if Slappy wasn't enough. Um, do you have any, can you give us like any teasers, hints, some exciting thing we should look for in the lore, specific character trait, something? You know, it is a good question, but it's not something that I can necessarily answer because to be honest, we've given the foundation of the lore to you and the community. And the biggest thing we've always said is that this is going to be a community collaborative lore writing process. And so all those kinds of things are yet to be written. And um, so what I will say is that there are some updates into some of the to some of the lore pieces, for instance. Um, you know, we've talked a lot and you've probably heard the uh, 
the term like formborn or stone seekers and such of some of these. And I just want to clarify a couple of those concepts. So first of all, the players, you, the narrators, the people that are going to be uh, controlling the characters on the board in the CCG, we're going to be known as form weavers. That's the official term. So consider yourself form weavers. Now, everything that you play on your board, yeah, it's got some <laughs> ring to it, right? Uh, and everything you play on the board, your form weavers are the powerful ones who can sense and manipulate formless energy. And so, and and so you'll be you'll be uh, you'll be playing with your wonders, your character proofs, and all the wonders that you play, they're known as stone seekers. They're the things that you use to go and seek out the shards of the formless stones so that you can uh, gain power in our universe, become a master form weaver. Um, and so you're going to start to see some of uh, some of the things that we've put out. Uh, we got to update some of that uh, across some of the older stuff. But those are going to be the main concepts, the main terminology. So uh, welcome form weavers to Wonders of the First. May your stone seekers survive the battles ahead. Ooh. Wow. Now I'm like, that like kind of made me kind of want to go sweep. Now I'm kind of thinking, I'm like, all right, what, what am I going to do next now? I don't know. I know, uh, I know there's been a, a little bit of movement um, on the, uh, on the buying of wonders lately. It's picked up. It's picked up a little bit as people are getting back on the, on the train that we released the first, was it 30? First 30 lands. 30? Yep. Yeah. The first 30 lands went out. I believe if I'm not mistaken, one sold, uh, sloppy. Was it? Yeah. It was, was it sunny that bought, bought it yesterday? I think for one ETH. Yeah. One ETH. That's it went. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What did he pick up for one ETH? One of the 30, one, first 30? Yep. One of the first 30 lands, the, which one was it? Sorry, I'm trying to get right now, Jen. But we also can mention that, um, you know, while we're looking that up, you can also mention the land that's already in it that's up for auction. And that expires, is it tonight, Jen, that that, that auction is expiring? Uh, that the, one, I know. Which, who is that? Which one is that? Oh, I, I believe that's the sea fly nests, isn't it? Actually, and you want to know what? I know Jeff doesn't want to get up on stage, but Jeff, if you can come up as a as somebody who who's putting that up, that'd be great if Jeff wanted to come up on stage and just talk a little bit about that land, why he put it up, and um, and mention that. Because I think, is Kisher, is that closing tonight, that land? I'd have to check. I don't have the uh, reward room pulled up. Um, yeah. But that I do know is the sea fly, the sea fly nests, and it is one of the 100% of the, uh, in the set pieces of land no kisher i just am so used to you knowing everything when it comes to wonders that you're not supposed to have the board store up so i appreciate that my mistake not having it oh all. that is oh i like that one see i haven't been in the reward store dang now and i you have, have to and you have frenchie up here now too uh jen if you want to talk about it i do now i have to go look at that one just um i found the other one it, it was the one that sunny bought i think was oak oak thorns is that Elysium? Yes, Oak Thorns Elysium. I think is the Amazing. one that you bought. So okay, hey, and if Richie. I'm not wrong, oh. I believe that was one of our uh, predetermined mythics. 
So yes, congratulations. I was, yeah, I think that was the one you got, one of you guys chose. Amazing. Hi, Frenchie. How are you? Good. Glad to be here. Um, listening in on all the all the fun stuff and. Um, yeah, the, the lore, Kish, look, I've seen the lore Bible. The lore Bible is, um, it's got, it, it, I think just to help clarify a little bit there, like it doesn't unpack a, like a story yet of any of the characters, but it is a riveting read to understand the world. And so it's, it's not like just this, um, what I don't, it does, while it does have the framework elements in it that you all will need, um, Ramel has also really crafted something that is an engaging read. Like I, I, I actually opened it to read like a couple of pages before I was going to go to sleep, uh, just to get a feel for what he had written. Cause I hadn't seen it yet. And then I, I found myself reading the whole thing. So it was a really fun and engaging read. So just kind of set that. Um, but yeah, as it relates to the, the, uh, the land that I, you know, it, I, I got lucky and hit that one in the, in the random and while I very much love the idea of, of owning it, at the same time, I also love the idea of helping the market just get a little bit of, just a little bit more clarity around how the market perceives some of these things that, that haven't really ever had prices before. So I thought putting one up for auction would be, would be a good thing for the community. Um, I'm not doing it to do anything with the BPX. I'm just going to roll it into the reward pool and treat it as if it was a company's and I'll, I'll worry about that on the back end later sometime. But um, it's, it was just really for me to get it up so that the, that the community could have a little bit more market validation of what one of those lands might go for. Oh, that's awesome. So I'm looking now because I pulled it up. So now it's, I think it's a 76.3 BPX, which is right around an ETH, right around the three grand. So it's right in line with the one that Sonny bought yesterday. But again, this extended bidding begins at 9 p.m. tonight. So who knows where it will end up? Yep. So that will be very interesting. That is a cool one, though. I remember looking at that when they released the randoms. Um, yeah, no, I think it's it's beautiful. It's really cool. And, um, you know, it would have been uh, – everybody knows that I did the – I say everybody. Most people know that I did – the two characters that I did the art on for inspired by my daughters, which went into the random because I felt that for the provenance to exist for them, it needed to go into the random. And then I tracked them down. So I have been able to acquire both of those. If it had been a Petrian land, maybe a little closer to their story or something, I might've would have had a hard time tossing it in the auction. But um, even though it's really cool and I love it, it's, uh, it's, it's one that I was willing to let the community take and run with it. But it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful piece for sure. And, and Jen, I think people made the point about the difference between the wonders auctions. We saw a close last week in which it was over 25,000 US dollars worth of BPX um, that was bid to win nine spots. In this case, right, you're not just getting a guaranteed spot in the first set, you're also getting the wonder. So folks really look at it as a twofer on this one. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And then so all the, all those other auctions are all closed. And then uh, Kisher or Frenchie, do we know, have <clears throat> has everyone submitted the one that they want to have in there? Like, is that all done and wrapped up? 
I've seen a few of them. Kish would know a little bit more than me, and I, I definitely would like us to do a full. Kish and I should absolutely, or Kish and someone should do a full video breakdown of those nine that the community put in. And I, I think those are a special. It, it's kind of romantic that there's nine of them, um, and I think that it would be a cool set to collect uh, in the in the game, the cards. But Kish, how many of those are, are locked in stone now? You know, I have been getting them through Discord DMs. Um, I think I have six of them or seven of them. I don't believe we have all nine submitted yet. I have to go through and, and double check, but we're uh, we're close to what those nine are. And so, you know, it's a great point. I think when we get all those nine submitted, and again, I'll, I'll double check if we have them all, um, be a great piece of content for our blog, which I hope you are all following as we begin mm -hmm. rolling out our content and our marketing and our Instagram and our all the other stuff. So go follow <laughs> us. Go follow the blog, uh, follow the socials, um, because there's going to be some exciting stuff. And the only way to keep up with all of it is if you're following all of it. Hey, Kish, did, has anyone who won a spot in the, the, the Wonders Existence box, has anyone come to you and said, listen, I've got five Wonders that I qualify either through the wildcard or that orb and said, please help me. Which one do you think is best? Or, or do folks just come to you and say, this is the one? No, we've actually we've had a we've had a couple people say like, hey, I have this, this or this or I can't choose between these two. Like what would be best for the team? And we always, you know, say, listen, whatever best for you is best for the team. And no matter what you choose, uh, it'll work. Now, you know, I give personal preferences here and there, but that doesn't inform anything, really. It's just, like a, you know, um, this is a cool one. And maybe this one. Or maybe this one, or maybe it's just up to you. So, you know, we really, at the end of the day, don't give them too much to go off of. Uh, hey, Kisser, did anyone come to you and submit one that you guys had already potentially picked? Or is that an after decision? I know there was a whole thing of the team was going to random or the team was going to select the rest of the the deck. And if they selected the same one someone submitted... Did that not happen yet? Is that like an after? Um, you know, as 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 Frenchie mentioned in his post, that if uh, someone chose um, something that was already one hundred percent in the set, we would let them know and then have them rechoose. Now, just to keep the confidentiality of all that is involved there, I'm just going to have a no comment, um, just to make sure there is nothing inadvertently given away um, in that sense. So. Uh, you know, I'll just leave can, it to what I can, yeah. I can, I can add a little bit there. Cause uh, Great. I'll, I'll, I'm a little bit more willing to speak a little bit more freely on that. But like I, what I wanted to make sure that the policy there was is one that would not disadvantage someone that, that, it, that put a bunch of money in trying or, you know, trying to get in. And then it's like, haha, they chose one we already had. We just took their BPX and they got nothing. So if they came with something and we knew it was in I told Kish, I was like, let them know that and let them pick something else. I said, but if you're on the fence and it's like still up for, which a lot of the stuff is like, like even going into this play testing this week, there's the, the, there will be real art on the cards that will represent real character proofs. And certainly you can take that as signal that those character proofs are moving down the tracks, but nothing is set in stone yet. Uh, uh, or I should say nothing. Very few things are set in stone yet. And so what I told him is if you're not sure, then this will then make it sure. Um, what we couldn't do is we couldn't unpack with someone, well, you know, 
that one might already be in, so you might want to pick another one. And then we come back and change it, and they don't get their preference in. That would have just been a whole problem, right? So, so that was basically what the guidance I gave them. I was like, if you know it's in, tell them to pick something else. If you don't know for sure it's in, take their choice, and now it is for sure in. And they made the decision. So that was kind of the way we did that. Thanks, Frenchie. I appreciate the clarification. I'm always a little hesitant to 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 say some stuff like that just because I never know, you know, by inadvertently saying something and then having Frenchie. It's just so um what he said exactly is right. What he said. <laughs> uh no, thank you so much. And I just want to say it's um also a testament to I'm looking now. I think there are a total of fifty-eight wonders for sale or listed on OS and a, and a couple of them are like listed for very, very high amounts. So I kind of sometimes throw those out as little outliers, but um, I think that's a another true testament to the collectability and the desire for people to, you know, have these and be a part of, of something um, that there aren't a whole heck of a lot of these out there. Um, and available. So I just find it interesting. I like, and I find it interesting too, to look through and kind of see if I can find a theme of what people are looking to sell and what people are buying. And I don't know, just, it's interesting to me. <laughs> yeah. One thing too, like we're like, I'm, there's stuff that we're the team we see, it comes up and I've told guys like we have this, we actually for the first time have some inside knowledge on something that is kind of relevant. I had someone yesterday, there was a bid sitting out there at 0.15 on lands that I guess I made a while back and someone sh sold me a, a land into it. Um, but, you know, we the team are not cherry picking and doing anything like that. But, the you know, once the full set is announced, um, you know, then people can, even we the team can start looking at the future and some of the stuff that makes it in, I think will be, they'll, I, th I would expect that that stuff will take on its own interest in, in category as far as the character proofs and then i think then then it'll be an opportunity for those that want to try to then say okay what might happen in the future right and then then and then that may be where some of the some of the inventory starts to open up a bit i think right now there's probably a little bit of paralysis because somebody's like oh my god if i sell something right now and it makes it in the set i'll feel like an idiot um so i think there may be a little bit of that going on right now jen yeah i agree because i know speaking from personal experience that's I somehow, you know, a, a lot of us talk back and forth of training because what? What, what? what do you mean personal experience, Jen? It's, this is a perfect time to bring it up. You and I no, had a no. how, how many orbs do you have, Jen? I have two. Uh, and and, and who, who owns the dragon on the box cover? I do. And, and how many lands do you have guaranteed going into the first set? Three. <laughs> Please, <laughs> okay, yes, Jen. It would be horrible if you sold something and you didn't have your twentieth thing. Going. I, no, it, <laughs> you're such a pain. Just stop, stop. No, my no. It's more. It's not so much ending up in the box, though. That is that is a a thing. It's that I I'm paralyzed because I'm still learning the whole gaming aspect of it. And I don't know what these things are going to be used for and what's going to be good and what's not going to be good. So right now I'm kind of going on only aesthetics and what I like, which is fine. Um, Cause I love a lot of them and they're really great, but I also want to try and 
find a path or a group or, you know, something to latch onto and make mine. So it's hard. <laughs> Yeah, the, winter, the, 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 the uh, Jen really got amazingly lucky that night. I remember when we were going through the orbitals and she hit those two and it was like, holy smokes, that was crazy. And then, you know, one of the, when you look at the team wallets, which we didn't have that many team wallets, I don't remember the exact number, but it wasn't as big as uh, say like miners were or anything like that. It was much smaller supply, but the team wallets, the big hit that the team got was uh, a, um, Ethereum of Boundless. So we have the first form from Boundless. And, you know, that is for sure in the game. All the first forms are. And um, and that one, that character proof will be uh, available to someone to pull in their collect and play boosters, which is going to be, I think, pretty... Those type of things are going to add a really exciting element to the collect and play booster rip. The serialized boosters, those things are so loaded with value. It, it's they are absolutely positioned to be the most coveted CCG cards of the 21st century. I believe that with every ounce of my being, the serialized boosters as that kind of premium top level, think of it almost like NT. And then you come down to the collect and play, which is more like our prism, or you got flawless is the serialized boxes for those of your sports. And then say tops Chrome is the collect and plays. Like we, we don't have a series one product, right? We like everything for us in this franchise has got a very big collectible thesis around it. The collect and plays absolutely have really nice collectability to them. And then one of the things that's going in those collect and play boosters, that's where the the uh, character proof inserts will live. Part of it too was if we put them in the serialized boosters with the value that's already loaded into there. Um, and some of those boxes, the non-fungibility boxes, we just felt that a lot of those characters may never see the light of day. So uh, putting them in the collect and plays, we thought would get a better opportunity for, for those to end up in the hands of the community, which is where we ultimately want them to go. And Ethereum of Boundless will be, I, I won't say it'll be the absolute biggest chase because you never know what the community is going to see that they're going to love, but I know that's a big one. That's cool. Thanks for that, that Frenchie. Um, and Jen, Jen, let me ask oh, yeah. you a question, you know, because I'm yeah. sitting here and I'm asking Ramel, I'm like, uh, have we mentioned that before? Has Frenchie, we have said that there are, you know, some of the big hits in the collect and plays are going to be those IP inserts. And did you all know about that? That's been said before, yeah? Yes, I think I. Yeah, I've run I ads. We've, so. run, we've run yeah. ads. We've run ads that say that. So yeah, yeah. That, that, that's cool. Because I'm just like, that's a pretty big announcement for this this uh, this spaces if you haven't. But uh, I, I figured it had been announced before, and I just want to reiterate, like that's going to be a really really cool hit, and um, super stoked to start seeing um, people str live stream their breaks and and pull in those character proof IP inserts. It's going to be awesome. I can guarantee you, Kisher, that's the first time someone in this audience has heard that. So, yeah, it is a big announcement for us. Yes, that is true. That is true. Um, so, I don't see any other questions. Um, I will hand it over before we kind of wrap things up. If uh, Frenchie or Kisher, you guys had any final thoughts you wanted to say while we're here? Yeah. Um, so like I said, we'll be uh, look out uh, in the discord as we um, I'm finishing up the uh, little kind of one pager lore that's going to be coming out. And then again, this Sunday, uh, as we get ready for our first public debut of um, the playtest at Firefly Toys and Games in Columbia, it's uh, again this Sunday, uh, February 25th, I believe is the 
Yeah, February 25th. And it's from 1 to 5 p.m. at Firefly Toys and Games in Columbia, South Carolina. And the design team will be there. Uh, you'll be able to play against us. We're going to be running our starter decks. Um, and we will be having food and prizes and all sorts of good stuff. So hopefully if you're nearby or can make the trip, we'd love to see you this Sunday. Um, so looking forward to that. Cool. Thank you. I wish I was closer. I would take the, take the drive down. That sounds like an awesome time. Um, Frenchie, did you want to add anything else? Are you good? Uh, I, think I'm, I, think, I think I'm good, Jen. Appreciate okay. y'all hosting as always. No problem. Thank you. All right. So uh, a little bit of information for next week. Um, as Flappy was saying, we're going to have a little bit of a competition um, around the wonders. Um, not the actual physical game, but one in which you share one of your wonders. And you're going to have one minute, 60 seconds, and I will be on the clock um, to tell us the origin story or adventure or any tale you would like to create about your wonder. And you're going to compete against other wonders. And we're all going to put them into categories. Right, Slappy? I'm trying to bring up, what did we have? We had lands, um, characters, weapons. Yep. And, and we, right, we'll go, to, we'll see what people submit, but we can, we, a character won't be um, competing against a land, correct? Okay. And how, and how do we want them to submit their entry? So they can DM either you or me, and and we'll get that set up ahead of time. We'll have voting ready to go on a website so that as soon as people can hear it, we'll probably move it over. Next week, we might, we'll see, we can always get them up so they're posted in the in the tweet, um, I forget, X, in the X space thread so people can see the images as they're being talked about as well. So we'll have that ready to go, and then they just go to a website and vote. And so we'll, it's kind of like a take on mine or yours, except we'll do it with wonders, and also kind of build on the whole lore that we've been talking about today, get people thinking about it. And I'm really excited, Jen, to hear what people in the community, because Kisher's talking about people who have reached out to the team. I'm excited to hear community members share what they're thinking about their characters with the rest of us. Yes, me too. Me too. I've heard, I've seen little bits and pieces and talked to a couple people. And um, again, I am not a creative person by any means. So hearing what some of these people have created and come up with and their imagination is, it's going to be fun. So um, any of you guys that want to participate, you know, grab your wonder, let Slappy or I know, and uh, that should be a good show next week. Uh, so, oh, uh, so, and there you have it, uh, magical beings and lore enthusiasts, our journey into the heart of the wonders of the first lore has been nothing short of spellbinding. A massive shout out to the lore virtuoso himself, Kisher, for giving us a backstage pass into the enchanting tales that breathe life into our favorite characters. As we bid adieu to this episode, remember that the wonders of the lore continue to unfold and who knows what captivating narratives await us in the next chapter. I've been your Silo Sensei Gen Con and it's been a pleasure guiding you through the labyrinth of stories. Stay curious, stay enchanted, and keep those lore theories alive. Until next time, may your imaginations run wild and the magic of wonders of the first linger in your dreams. Farewell, fellow lore seekers. And Ending with my corny joke, 
Why can't you trust atoms? Because they make everything up. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Till next time. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to BPX Break Room, which is broadcast live each Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern in Twitter spaces at Radish Digital. That's digital with a J. I've been your host, Discord user Jen Khan, and I wanted to thank today's co-host and you, the listener. A special thanks to those in the audience who raised their hand and came up on stage, helping to make BPX the best community in Web3. BPX is a community built for collectors by collectors. That's it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week.